It is Monday, October 11th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, throwing out tonight's ceremonial first pitch at Dodger Stadium, J.P. Shatrick. It's a strike. It took a little while to get there, but it is a strike if they swing at it. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. My name's J.P. Shadrick. We have a busy show today after the Jaguars' Week 5 loss to the Tennessee Titans. CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco joins us as always on Monday. Prior to the Jaguars' left tackle, Tony Baselli has chosen to join us in studio tonight. We love seeing that. Titans 37, Jaguars 19. A lot of missed opportunities in the game. Some calls didn't go the Jaguars' way. We'll get into that coming up and um, the uh, mindset behind that, right or wrong. Social media questions, plenty of those. And we'll go around the National Football League and hear some of the top radio calls from around the league. Let's start off with a 20th consecutive loss for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now 0-5 to start the season. And Urban Meyer, after the game, desperate for a dub. Uh, pretty desperate. Uh, desperate for a win. Desperate uh, the way they go to work each day, each week. Desperate for a win. And, uh, you know, we can't worry about the past, worried about the future, and a uh, trip to London and try to get a win. Guys are, you know, some, guys, some guys are playing their tails off. And, uh, but, yeah, we're desperate for a win. Got to get it at some point. Tony, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Is no cool. Pete today? Oh, he's here. Yeah, oh, it's Pete here. He's here. I'm here. Oh, just, oh, there you are. Well, look at the purple shirt. Wow. Yeah, you like you it. Look, huh? You know, you look like you look like either Barney or Grimace. I can't decide which one. You have the what, same what body type. Shirt? You have the same body type. <laughs> what, what, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. 350. <laughs> now your left tackle from Jacksonville Jaguars, six foot seven, three hundred and fifty pounds. Tony Baselli. Oh. You see he goes to, he had no comeback, oh, so he had to go to the weight. Got him. Oh, I got him. You better lean up for the whole ceremony next year. Unreal. Oh, right. we're desperate. Desperate. <laughs> I don't okay. know anymore. Hey, JP, since the team stinks, let's talk about Baselli's getting in next year, okay? Because he's getting in. I can promise you. Oh, you think it's a slam dunk now? Slam dunk this year. Okay. Slam was... dunk. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like that either, apparently. Uh, so Urban, Urban said after the game, desperate. they're desperate for a win. Desperate. 0-5. They felt like they've been playing a little better the last few weeks, and yesterday happened. That didn't feel like a, a better all-around game. Let me ask you a question. This is my, I actually like Trevor's comments, which I'm sure we might get to later, about, hey, listen, yeah, we want to win. We've got to go to the process about hard work, you know, and all that. I like this talk. And I get what Urban's saying, but isn't everyone desperate in the NFL every Sunday for a win? I mean, when we were winning, I was desperate for a win because losing stinks. <laughs> I mean, so I and I I'm not making light of what he's saying by any means. Um, I do think the danger of that is you start pressing and like, like, like okay, because everyone is desperate. Everyone wants to win every Sunday. It's about doing the little things right, like being more desperate. Um. Unless it's going to make you focus more, unless it's going to make you do the little things right, and if that's the case, then be desperate. But that's the difference between winning and losing. And that's why I was, you know, making faces that nobody could see um, and wanted to say something so bad when you were going down the rundown. Is like 
and they're getting bad calls. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's what you said. I said some calls maybe didn't go their way. We'll go through the Same mindset thing. of that right or wrong. Yeah, is what I said. You want to run back the tape, Joe? I don't. We can run back the yeah, tape. Yeah, that's. It's not what I said. Bad that, calls. I mean, not what I said. Again, those are all things you hear from teams who don't win. Right. And here's the other thing. You want to be desperate? How about desperation allowing you to know who's on the field in certain situations? How about desperation in that scenario? I mean, <laughs> you do, how about desperation saying that your quarterback can't run the quarterback sneak, but he says he can? I mean, there's, there's, what does that mean, desperation? Of course, everybody wants to win, but you're desperate for a win? And, and he's only had five of them, by the way. You know, it's 20 of them. Some of those guys have had 20. So they're even probably even more desperate. It just, look, it's a bad situation in a lot of ways right now. It really is. And if they don't win this week, they have a legitimate chance to get that record. Okay? I'm going to put it out there. This is their opportunity. Go win the game. Miami's not very good. Uh, there's some talk that Tua could be back this week. But this is the week you got to go win the game. And, you know, they've been, they've been in games. Second half has been bad in a lot of situations. Why is that? You, you know, what, what's the reasoning for that? So I, I think there's a lot of questions here with this team. And, and first and foremost, the head coach. Let's be real. And the, the coaching. The players, we know, Tony, you, we know where the players are, okay? This roster needs help in the worst way in a lot of situations. But how do you not know Robinson's not on the field on the play? Now, he, it doesn't matter if Barry Sanders was in the game, he would have scored. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't know. Didn't block that was that nothing. <laughs> no. And I'll go but back. Why not sneak it there or run him inside? Well, well Trevor, uh, after the game, said, you know, they shifted up front and closed those A gaps. He was thinking about maybe sneaking it. Then that happened. He couldn't do it. So, there you well, go. yeah, but you still can. I mean, go, go watch Tom Brady. Like, if you want to know how to quarterback sneak, go put the tape on a co- uh, Tom Brady because might maybe the greatest quarterback sneaker ever. There's a YouTube video of just his sneak. Somebody sent it to me during the game he, yesterday. He's unreal. Anyway. And it didn't matter what the look was. He was getting uh, he was getting a yard. Pete, am well, I wrong there? You can push, too. You can push, too. Yeah, now you can push, put someone behind. I mean, you can, I mean there's a – so it wasn't like it was a full yard you're trying to get. It was six inches. Yeah, if that. If that. Um, and so I would have snuck it there. Um, so, so in the, other words, bad decision. Bad decision. Bad running off tackle, I don't love. Field. But, again, well, I'm not – Well, he ran up the middle, and it got forced outside. Yeah, that's fair enough. It was a terribly blocked play. I mean, I'm not – I mean, it didn't matter who was in the game. So, I disagree with James Robinson not being in there from first down on, not just fourth down. Um, he's your best offensive player right now. Now, Trevor Lawrence is going to be your best player. Is the most talented player, but your most productive football player, maybe on the entire team of anyone who is playing professional football in Jacksonville, is James Robinson. No, uh, Urban said today that he didn't think he was dinged up, so there was nothing to that. And and well, then he should have kept him in there to try and get the two fifty he's going to get every week. (laughs) So before we go there, but I want to go back because there's been a lot of criticism of Daryl Bevel from the entire series from first and five when they didn't get in. And I want to – and the James Robinson shouldn't have been there. Why aren't you running it on first down, first and five? From the, I, I actually don't disagree with Daryl Bevel's play call on first down. And if you go watch the tape, it's a great play call. It's man coverage. It's a return route. Chenault has separation. If the ball is delivered on target, it's a touchdown. And we're not even having this conversation right now. Now, what I don't love is after that, not having your best running back in the game. 
and giving it to him at least once, if not twice, because they had not stopped him all day. Um, but the first down call, good play call. But it was like if when when the Titans were down there that one time I was sitting there and say I'd give it to Henry four straight times and say go ahead and stop me. That's what you have to do with a guy like when he got down there. Have Robinson in the game if you don't want to run him four straight times. That's fine, but at least have him in the game. So they got it was ridiculous. It. it was yeah, bad. It. Yeah. So again, is that why they lost the game? There's no guarantee they come back and win it. Was I mean they were still no, down. they would still be behind. Yeah. They're still down. They still need a touchdown to win it. It would have, it would have been down five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tennessee still right. is gonna have the ball. Yeah. Um, and by the way, they could have stopped Tennessee again if they didn't. That's true. And so there's a lot, and this is where I, what I don't like, and I, listen, I'm fine like reviewing the game and going through it, but the bottom line, you're down 31-13. Three-score game. Three-score game in the mid-third quarter. Actually, late third quarter. After an 11-play drive to open the second half by Tennessee. Right, just, so. Just melting like, it away. Like, let's not put it all on <laughs> yeah, right. whether we called quarterback sneak or not. You know, in most other games, and we'll we'll get to go through them later around the NFL as we talk about most weeks. There's back and forth games and scores by both sides, and they're down the field. And a couple defenses will make a stop, then somebody will make a play and take a lead. Then there's another. This was in desperation to try to get back in the game. It That's feels right. Like that much every, different every week. Yeah, much. It different. feels like that. And you know, I've heard a lot. You know, well, the phantom pass interference call. Well. Well, guess, guess what? If you make the interception before that, well, it never happens. Yeah, First of all, I mean, make your I own down, break. I mean, there, I I think there was. If you're Tennessee, you could argue there's a phantom hold call that extended a drive. I mean, my point is, I could do this all day with every game. <laughs> they all even out. I mean, you can do it all day. The bottom line: the teams that win don't do that. They find ways to win. They find ways to make plays. Like, by the way, Shaq Griffin is a heck of a football player. And he would tell you he's got to make that play. He said it every week. He's dropped one. Yes, that's a that's a that's a that's a house call. And he's a great player. He he's our probably our best defensive player consistently and everything else. Good player. And so I'm not trying to kill him and putting the game on him. But this the game the NFL game is 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 determined by a handful of plays every game and by playmakers. Yep. That's how this thing is, works out. You know, I agree. I agree, and, and, and you can't complain about the officiating when you're not a good football team. I'm sorry, you just can't. So Fans can't. They can't. They lost that game. They weren't winning that game, period. They lost the game. They weren't better than the Titans. You had a chance to score and make it a five-point game and then hold them. Well, then you didn't score. Well, then what did they do? They went right down the field. Hmm. It's true. It's true. What else you got? Were Tony? they better? Were they better in any area yesterday than they, than they have been, Tony? Yes or no? Robinson running the football. Ran, ran the ball. They ran the ball. They ran the ball really well. Yeah. And I thought the offensive line yeah. blocked well up front uh, in the run game. Okay, in the pass game. Um, I think a positive so far. I think Ben Barch. I mean, he was terrible last year as a rookie coming out of a Division three school. I mean, he is mu- he is so improved. I'm not saying he's like all pro, but he's a he he played he's played good the last couple of weeks. He's a solid player. I give him credit. Um, James What's Robinson, the update on Linder? Uh, MCL high ankle. So you, right. you're probably talking four to six. Yeah, Urban said four to five weeks today. Um, James Robinson's a stud. I mean, the only thing that is making James Robinson like an all pro running back is having that extra gear that he can run away from people. 
That's right. But he is a yeah. Like on that on that run on that one run down the sideline, he he should have been gone. That's just not him. I mean, he can't break no. away all the way. That's no, his like, career long run. Like by the way, Maurice Jones, Drew, and Fred Taylor are gone on that run. And gone by about fifteen yards. Well, I'll say this: James James Robinson has as good as vision as like almost any back, and he makes cuts that a lot of guys don't make. And he is a good running back. They can help blockers. Reminds too, me, his he running style reminds me of Evan Smith. He is. I mean, he is good, Pete. Gosh, he's a good football player. <laughs> and they drafted a running back in the first round. <laughs> Let, let's not go there right now. Um, like James Robinson, you can win a championship with a running back like James Robinson. Correct. Yes, you can. And you know what Solid, you do? You, you go find a third down back that you can probably find in the second, third, fourth round that is shifty. Yeah, like your backup shouldn't be like him. No. Hmm. Not at all. And he is. And but, he is. You know, there's good moments. I mean, that I'll give him credit. I thought, I thought it could go sideways really quick after the fumble return for a touchdown. They answered. Right they back. came back and answered. That was big time. That's something you build on. It was like the, it was like the drive last week where they gave up 14 straight points to tie the game, and then they go down the field and score and regain the but, lead but, again. So that it shows big. you that they have some character. Yeah, they they have some. They have some guts in that locker room. Um, they yeah, got, and, they, and, and Tony, up until the last drive, they did a decent job on Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, it was the it was like the most unimpactful 139 yard three touchdown game by running back in the history of the game. Yeah, I mean, it really was. What did he have going into the fourth quarter? He didn't have. It wasn't that much. I, I think know. he had like 75 going Crazy. fourth. Crazy. It's just yeah, and it, it was a good they, game. They actually hit him a little bit too. Yeah. So, but it's going to be. I agree. With, I mean, this is a big week, and they're beat up. They I mean, they, they're beat up. I mean, yeah. They're not going to have Linder for sure. Uh, Miles Jack, we'll see day to day. But going across the, the pond is not easy when you're beat up. Um, right. You know, we'll see about, you know, uh, the corner, the rookie corner. Yeah. Um, We're going to see as the days go along here, Urban said today about Robinson Tyson Harris. Campbell. Roy should be back, he said. Yeah, well, that's we good said, that was last week. We, he said we Heard thought he'd be as back well. last week. Was not. So hopefully, yeah. Yeah, because Cl- Claybrooks had a little rough go of it yesterday. Yeah, you know what? Le- le- before we go down this path, we'll come back and we'll get okay. to defense when we come back because there were some communication changes yesterday. And I think there were some issues, it looked like, uh, from, uh, from the booth. Yeah, I think so as well, Tony. We'll get into those when we come back. Plenty ahead. Of course, in the second hour, we'll answer your social media questions. Go around the National Football League. We've got plenty ahead recapping the Jaguars' loss to the Tennessee Titans in Week 5. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars' Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. I feel like the defense could have done a lot more. I feel like the mistakes that we had was it should have just didn't happen. And, um, and that's the part we got to be better. We have to fix ASAP. But um, so far, man, it's, it's a tough feeling. It's something that you don't want. It's something that you got to change. You know, um, you got to do it. And uh, one thing about it, you got to continue to believe. You got to continue to have faith. And that's the hardest part. You know, that's the hardest part for everybody to continue to get everybody to believe. It's not just me. You know, I can't, it can't just be one person believing in something. So, you know, that's the part that I can continue to express, continue to talk about, get everybody believing that we can win these games. 
Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a tough one. That's Jack Griffin after the game yesterday, and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour on a Monday afternoon. The Jaguars are 0-5, and they dropped yesterday's game 37-19 to the Tennessee Titans. Now four in a row they've lost to Tennessee, eight of the last nine to the Titans as well. And the Jaguars have now dropped 20 consecutive games, the third most in league history. That will be the national story moving ahead here. Defense, defense, defense. Couldn't get off the field except for one drive in the first half. And then uh, there was a little surge there in the second half where they, after they gave up the long touchdown drive to go up three scores. Uh, they had three straight drives where they had an opportunity at least to give the offense to move down the field. They stopped them a few times, and they ran out of gas. So not making plays, getting, get, didn't get the interception. They, uh, it, Urban Myers said it was a mandate to get to the quarterback. They got there a little bit more, but not enough. That's the, and that's a bad offensive line. The Jets, the Jets had seven sacks. The Cardinals had like nine or seven or nine. The right guard is awful. They, they had 17 sacks given up coming in over four weeks. Yesterday, three sacks, uh, four – or no, excuse me, eight quarterback hits yesterday. And one of the sacks was no gain. I mean, he was scrambling out. Okay, two sacks. It's still not good enough. I mean, those crossing routes take a half hour. I mean, <laughs> I mean, sometimes they go, they come from, they come from uh, McClenny on those routes. And they still get up. Is there traffic on the interchange? I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Oh gosh. It, who would have thought we'd be sitting here losing 20 straight games? I mean, Man. that is hard to do in a league it's that is really, set up for parity. It hasn't it's happened hard to do. over 40 years. Hey, let's get into something here real quick, okay? Oh, gosh, what? The defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Oh, my God, he says. Um, <laughs> why? It took you four weeks to find out that Miles Jack shouldn't be wearing the green dot because no. you did a deep dive? What the hell is that? <laughs> we... Well, did we have we had this discussion a lot last season, right? He wasn't wearing it. It was his best campaign as a pro statistically. Okay, but we know that. You know that. Tony knows that. The fans know that. Why don't they know that? Tony, I have no answer. These are there's certain things I can't even answer because I don't know. Um, well, wouldn't you go to Miles Jack and say, "Hey, Miles, do you play better? Do you like wearing the green dot? Do you well, like the singles, or do you all, feel you like you play better the, when you don't have it on?" You can't trust the player. They're going to tell you whatever. They, I mean, go back oh, to. Do you the, think he wants it? I have no idea. I have no idea. But bottom line oh, is, man. the bottom line is, is week one you had issues, and I'm not putting this all on Miles. Yeah, they had plays are getting in late. Guys are running on and off the okay. field. They, Week you know, two and yeah. three and four, he did not play his best football. So now all of a sudden you're like, oh, my favorite is, I still, I mean, it's, well, we realized that he he plays better without the green dot. Well, okay, we've been now, if the like if it was me, and and I'm assuming like that Joe Cullen or or Urban or someone had a conversation with Miles Jack before they decided. To put the green dot, and and if Miles said no, I, I feel good about it. Then the comment is, you know what? We tried it. Uh, Miles really wanted to do it. Felt like he could do it. Um, we're just deciding now, based on early early season, whatever. We're going to make a change. 
Like that would be logical, I guess, because new staff, you want to trust your see it with your own eyes. You want to trust your players. Yeah. But just to come out, well, he played better last well, we know he played better last year without the green dot. Like that was like we all knew that. So here's the took a deep it took a deep study in week four to figure that out. So here's the question. I mean that's what he's that's what they said. Read the quote. Yeah, no, you're right. A deep study? Right. It did not say that. Read the quote, JP. You have it? I don't have it in front of me. I can find it though. But yes, it was something to that effect. And so Who's wearing the green dot when well, Miles like a, is not? A bunch of people. It seemed like it's, at one point there was Damian Wilson, but then he's off the field. I'm like then I guess Rayshon Jenkins. Rayshon Jenkins was wearing it. And then that's a lot of moving green dots. A lot of green dots. It seems not ideal, and it felt like. And I'm always careful to say this, but from the booth, it didn't just feel like there was some uh, like disorganization at times. Well, well, I mean, when the guy's running ten yards wide open on a crossing. Yeah, route, someone sure. and someone didn't, and then and the tight end to Pruitt. No one's. Who was responsible for that? Because I, 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 it, was, it looked like I one think guy Chase, was I think Chase man. on Chase, Chase on. on watching the tape, Pete. Everyone else is yeah. a man, and Chase on is just standing in no man's yeah. land. Yeah, they were all playing. They played banded because they had the crossers, and you could see Shaq Griffin go with the crosser and and he vacated that area and there was nobody it looked like yeah is that who it looked like jason yeah urban said today yeah. he had one middle air and we're, i'm guessing that was it yeah yes it was a big one well, it was a big one i mean he was wide open um but you know like there's a play where they tipped the ball at the line of scrimmage and and if you go back and watch that play on the tape that was a big play kind of on a crosser remember tony yeah. i don't know if you remember that play, but the get they tipped the ball at the line of scrimmage. It would have been a huge crossing route that might have gone for a touchdown. Yeah, they, they it, didn't. They you got to rush the if they, to stop those crossing routes. I don't care how good a defensive back you are. You give them that much time, they're going to get open. They're going to beat you across the field. Look how painful this is. The, the longest plays for Tennessee: twenty-six yards in the second quarter. Tannehill to Rogers, deep right, twenty-six yards. Um, first quarter: Tannehill, McNichols, twenty-five yards. Tannehill to Brown, twenty-two yards. Tannehill middle to Johnson, twenty-two yards, and Tannehill to Johnson, twenty yards. I mean, just just chipping. And away Johnson beat Claybrooks on both of those. Oh. I mean, it, again, though. I don't care if you're the greatest defensive back in the world. That's a tough ask to be covering that guy across the field with bodies getting picked in through there and everything. That's a tough defensive uh, responsibility, particularly when you don't have great pressure. You have to have to you have to get after the quarterback better than they did. Look, Chason was a little more active on Sunday. I got to give him a little bit of props there. Not great, by no means worth where he was picked. But he was a little more active, I thought. Tony made a play in the run game where he came from. Me. I, I don't know what you thought. I thought it was a little bit better. No, I, I thought it was his best game as a pro. Six tackles, sack, two tackles for loss, three quarterback yeah, hits. Yeah, he was running around. He was physical. I thought he played good. I mean, outside the mental error, I, 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 I thought Chase Hunt played well. It just, I, I mean, mean Hamilton, Hamilton made a couple nice plays again for the second game in a row. No, I, I, I know, Pete, but here's the thing. This is the dip. I mean – you gave up 31 points as a as a uh, as a defense. Take away the fumble recovery. So yeah, they're not good on defense. Points. I'm not saying they're good on defense. No, my point is, but we keep on saying guys are playing good. Well, someone's not playing good if you're giving up 31 points. Yeah, 30 points. Yep. Or 30 points. Whatever. Well, the one, okay, like the one play, if I'm not mistaken, the, was it? It was the play on McNichols. That was da- Damian Wilson had to cover him. That was that was a brutal ass covering him across the field. Well, that's because Miles Jack's on the sideline. 
Was, was, that was he on Miles, the sideline at that point in the game? Was yes, that when Miles was dinged Miles, up, or was he just out because no, of the he was situation? Out for, for situation, yeah. it was early in the game, first half. Yeah. And so you have Damian Wilson in man. Well, he doesn't do that as well as Miles. My guess is he was Miles because yeah. in the past Miles has been staying on the field. Damian Wilson's been going off in certain situations. My guess is because the green dot. You got to have a green dot out there. You have there. to have the green dot Can't out there. Can't have two of them. Well, see, now that's a problem because uh-huh. Damian Wilson's two. strength isn't playing in coverage. That, I, everybody thank knows, you, Pete. knows that. Yes, we know that. We're agreeing. And then you can't okay, have – Okay, so, so, so let's – and there it is. There's more coaching blunders. Let's keep tagging – we'll just keep tallying them up. I mean, that's just bad coaching. If you got if you have to keep Damian Wilson on the field because he's the green dot, and he can't cover anybody. Well, that's a problem. We are assuming that, Pete. We don't know that for sure, but that's our assumption. I've not heard that. Well, if they switched the green dot and he was wearing it, that's a pretty good assumption. Well, well the I mean, second half they did switch the green dot. They gave it to Rayshon Jenkins. Yeah, and you can't have two on the field at the same time. So who has it? Who doesn't? You know, it's guys coming and going. I knows? would just give it to Rayshon the whole time. He's out there every snap. Veteran guy. Well, yeah. maybe they should do a deep dive this week to see who should wear the, the green dot. I mean, are other <laughs> Peter, are other teams having these issues with green dots? I've, this no. Is, this is the first I've heard no. of this. Okay, Tony, back to who's on the field at certain times. I know there are coaches that don't know who's in the game in every situation. But shouldn't, shouldn't Urban have known who was on the field in that – Shouldn't he know that James Robbins is not on the field enough, or at least in that situation? Am I wrong about that? I'll tell you what. Let's come back. We'll get the thrilling answer from Tony Baselli as we flip back to offense. Think about my answer. Yes. He needs a little (laughs) bit of time, Pete. Needs a little bit of time for this one to think about his response. Plenty more ahead. Offensive talk when we return, including, yes, that goal line situation in the fourth quarter when the Jags were trying to rally back. Second hour coming up, we'll get to your social media questions and go around the National Football League. Check out the official Jags Podcast Network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. That was tough. You know, we scored there, and defense goes back on the field, gets a stop, get the ball back to go win the game. Um, yeah, we had... A couple. I barely missed Lavisca. I think it was on that drive down the red zone. Yeah, he ran a great route. Had him uh, in the end zone. Went, went to one hand. Gotta give him a better throw there. And then, you know, I thought I got in. They say they reversed it um, or overturned it, whatever. Gotta play the next play. And you think about like four inches. Just that's tough. You know, want to be able to punch that in and weren't able to. You know, obviously Titans did a good job there, but. That's disappointing for sure. That's Trevor Lawrence after the game on the goal line situation. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli. And apparently during our timeout, Tony, Pete Prisco had a bit of a wardrobe malfunction, according to sources. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Pete, no, are I you? I had to take, I had to take my uh, microphone off to do something. I didn't have a wardrobe. Bad information. Uh, were you shirtless? I'm, I'm glad we didn't get to see it. I know that. No. No, I can promise you, it was my microphone. I had to push push it back up. I do it all the time. So the, uh, I, all right, sources see, could be Because my sound is 10 times better now, isn't it, than when I had the earbuds? No. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, it is. I can tell already. Uh, 
Yo, Tre- I like Trevor's comments. You know what I love? I appreciate it. I do too. That Trevor, he's like, listen, I got to throw a better ball. Like, he just owns it. He's like, well, I mean. I could listen to him talk football all day. He's, 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 right a pros, he's a pro's pro five games into a season the way he handles himself. Yeah, I'm impressed. He can handle any question, any topic, and, and just flow with it. It's he's, great. It's impressive. Uh, but when does, when does it start getting uh, when that – because you know it's coming at some point because everything is, with him is all new and everything. But at some point, you know how quarterbacks get, Tony. They get a little – a little testy at times. It's coming. I like. I hope he does. He should. That's part of the deal. Oh, I agree. I agree. Tony, would you uh, have snuck anyway, even after the shift on that fourth and one play, fourth and goal? Would I have? A, I'm not a quarterback. I know. But yes, I would. I would. I would no matter just, what, just go for it. Yeah. Now they threw I one. Would, I would too. They threw one for a touchdown earlier on fourth and goal. Yeah, I didn't like that call, but it worked. It was a great design. Four tight ends, get big people out there, get a matchup you like. So I give him credit. I mean, I, it, it, a throw to the back left corner with the one yard line I is liked not that, everybody's favorite. I would have liked that on third down. <laughs> okay. Um, but it worked. Um, yeah, I just watch everyone else sneak no matter what. Not, not no matter what, but like, and I, I'll go back, and this is such, I mean, this is always fair, but. It is what it is. Go, I, Tom Brady. I don't think was ever worried about who the line. He just would sneak it. And by the way, get up there before they can shift. It's quick snap them and push and push. Right now, they had another goal to go situation where they uh, quarterback draw. That Open. was a great play. That, but that was like from the third three yard line. I called around. that. I was sitting there watching on that. I go, here comes the quarterback draw. You could see it right away. I mean, was, that's what they were doing. How did the Titans not get ready for that? It was so well, obvious. They were ready the second time when they tried to call it again. Yeah. So, hey, Tony, you didn't answer my question before the break. What was the question again? <laughs> Have you ever been around where the coach doesn't know who's playing in a certain situation or an important situation or who's on the field? Yes or no? I don't know. I've never been around a coach who admits he didn't know who's on the field. How about that? Well, did Tom know who was on the field when he was coaching? I would assume so. He knew everything else that was going on in this world, like what yeah, time what it was, and, he, you know, setting the time. And, they were, yeah, I mean, he, he knew. He knew what color they were painting the inside of the building. What am yeah, I? I mean, what am I talking? About? He he knew everything else, so I assume he knew exactly. Like my only like coaching like experience is high school, so I'm not trying to say it's the same as the NFL. But I coached the offense, um, and I knew to a person who was out there on every play, especially if it was my best player. Like, if the best player wasn't out there, I knew that, like, either he's hurt or get him in there. But you were coaching a, you were coaching a unit. I mean, Urban's technically not coaching either unit. No, because I, 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 no, I, I, I helped Mark call the offense. So I knew – I didn't know every position. Well, okay, and Tom – didn't call the offense, but he was involved with it. But okay, would Tom know who's on the field during defense, certain defensive situations? In big moments, I would think. But isn't yeah. isn't isn't Urban more of an offensive guy though? Yes. Yeah. Fact, I, I, it's, he's, it's, he's, look, it's and, it's a weird situation all the way around. Well, I guess I just wouldn't like. Let's say you didn't know. Let's say you. I just wouldn't. I. Some I'll, things, you know, part of it, Pete, is also how you communicate things. Right. Like you build confidence in how, you, or you lose confidence in how you communicate. Like that's just not for urban. It's like all people of all walks of life. 
And so yeah, don't admit it. Don't admit I would it. just say, yeah, I knew he wasn't in there. I have confidence in Carlos Hyde. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And now he but said then he, then he compounded by saying he didn't know he didn't get the carries in the second half. They were cut down. He didn't know that. How did he not know that? Yeah, I'll say today, you know, he said today that he has spent most of his time on the offensive side, kind of lets the defense do their thing with Joe Cullen, and, and maybe there, he might be involved a little bit more just to be moving ahead here. But uh, going back to offense, I'm looking at the receiving stats. Chenault and Jones combined for two catches in the game yesterday. Yeah, that's not good. Top two receivers right now. Well, now they're not. They're third. Well, the top receiver is Dan Arnold. No, now he is, sure. I mean – that's what it's going to be. Look at, that's the amazing thing about that, by the way, guys. Is like, look at the go, go top, top to bottom on the catches in that game. All right, here we go. Uh, Dan Arnold, eight targets, six catches, 64 yards. Wasn't here to start the season. Go ahead, keep going. Jamal Agnew, eight targets, six catches, 41 yards, long of eight. Converted wide, converted wide receiver who was forced to play because of injury. Go ahead, keep going. Six catches, long of eight. How about that? Uh, Tavon Austin, five catches on five <laughs> targets, 54 yards. Wasn't there until late in the process of the training camp. Go ahead, keep going. Chenault, three targets, one catch, 58 yards, most of that running. And again, he should be getting the ball more, you would think. And Urban said they wanted a, him to be a 10-touch guy every game. Uh, Marvin Jones, five targets, one catch, 25 yards. She, uh, again, should be more involved, but keep going. I think if you go, no, there's, there's some guys that weren't on the team, too. There's four more left. Dario Gunvalale, one catch, 19 yards late. Okay, third-team running back. Yeah, Luke Farrell, one target, one catch, 13 yards. Rookie tight end. Go ahead. Keep going. Jacob Hollister, one target, one ah. catch, one yard, touchdown. Wasn't on the team until late in the process. Go ahead. Jay and the final one, James Robinson, one target, one catch, minus two yards. Okay. That's who Trevor Lawrence is throwing, throwing the football to. Think about that for a second. And aside from Austin and Agnew, who are little guys with speed, where, what do you expect? Chenault doesn't run. He's not fast. Marvin Jones isn't fast. They what's don't your scare. Pete, what's your point? It's a bad group. It's a, it's a bad group. What are they going to do now? It's not a good group. And whatever so, they it forces said that last week, of, too. It's the same thing. It's just not a good group. It's what they are, though. Well, are you going to fix Rondell it to next Moore, week? Kadarius Tony would have looked good, and they couldn't get Kadarius Tony. That's who they would have taken. But Are they uh, going to fix look, it before London? No. No. Well, that, But that just tells you. Okay, what I'm trying to say is it says a lot about Trevor Lawrence is what I'm trying to say. As a player, anybody who would remotely be discouraged by what he's doing is foolish because he's going to be a star. He's throwing to those guys, and he's still performing at a pretty high level. It's not great, but he's still doing a good job. If he had some real legitimate threats on the field, I'd love to be able to see what he would do. Of course, they probably wouldn't use him, but that's all another story. Wow, a little shot at the end there. Okay, Pete. Wow. Tony, you've had enough of this, I think. No, I'm just, I mean. Because he agrees with everything I'm saying, and he just doesn't want to see, he doesn't want to, I can tell by his, I can always look at Baselli's face. It's just like when I covered him. Whenever he agreed with me and he didn't want to say it, I could always tell by his face. No, it's just, I guess, Pete, I'm, I'm, I'm along the lines is this is a conversation that should have been had in the offseason to go get the guys. I mean, if you know you're going to get the number one overall pick, let's go surround him with 
talent that can help him be successful. And so it's either one or two things, or it's one of three things, I guess. One, you overevaluated your roster as far as talent mm-hmm. at the skill positions. Two, you tried to go get guys and you just couldn't. People paid more, got outbid, whatever. Or three, I, I can't remember what my third point well, was. Maybe but they overvalued the guys they ended up with also. Well, yeah. overvalued. And you drafted, and you drafted other positions. Or yeah, or you yeah, and yeah. or you just because of your over, you overvalued where you were. You didn't address it in the in the draft mm-hmm. because they did not now, address. I mean, now yeah. their argument would be, well, Etn was supposed to be a part of that, and I just I've never bought that from day one. From mm-hmm. the standpoint of uh-huh. Etn's a running back, like you don't draft a running back because you're going to use him as your slot receiver, like as a like number one weapon. You draft a running yeah. back because he's going to be a running back. He'll be a scat back, move guy, and you can do different thing, things with. I get that. But I think it's, it's unrealistic to draft a running back and as a rookie that he's going to be a major impact in the passing game. He as should a, be what we talked about earlier. Receiver. He's the complement or the second guy to James Robinson. Right. He can do different things. That's what they needed. So that's fine if that's what he was going to be. No, and, and my point in is – In that spot, you couldn't – you didn't need that. That was a luxury pick. They had necessity. They had needs. I'm not saying this is nothing to do with ETN. He might be a great player. We haven't seen it yet. He got hurt. Not his fault. I tend to agree with Pete, and I've said this privately to people. Um, well, now you're going public with it. No, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just. I'm not just saying this now because it's we're on five. Is so I've said this in the past. That's probably okay. A way to thank say it. you. Yes. Sorry, I thought you were. This was breaking news. No, Tony Baselli is is saying that something. I th- like that. Etn. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player. I didn't understand in a roster that you had significant issues with from a talent, explosive, you know, you know, explosiveness, scoring touchdowns. You're drafting a rookie quarterback. Your best player on the team was your running back. I don't know if I would have burnt a first rounder on a running back. You wouldn't have. Well, I know I wouldn't have. I, I mean, I, I, the, I mean, go, like, go look at the kid, and I can't think of his name right now, in Denver, who's like a beast at running back. Got the kid from North Carolina. Devontae Williams. Yeah, Williams. And, go and go I don't look know. at the kid who played for the Bears yesterday, Khalil Herbert, a late-round pick from Virginia Tech, did a nice job. Um, right. If you wanted the third-down type of back, Demetric Felton, he can slot back, he can play wide receiver, he can run out of backfield, plays for Cleveland. There are other options out there. Running backs are they're everywhere. You don't drink, I, you don't you know me, guys, I don't ever take a running back in the first round. I'm just not doing it. Yeah, but I don't want to debate so, the draft. I, my point of saying this is you asked me to respond to Pete's point. Yes. Is we're not getting productive. I like and this is not we're just not explosive. We're not an explosive team. And you and you could argue. Um, how many so is that is that because we we don't coach it up right, or is that because we don't have explosive players? Well, probably a combination of the two. How many explosive players do the Titans have? AJ Brown's an explosive player, right? Yep. Okay. Would you consider McNichols an explosive player? They got him in space, got him a big game. He's a couple. He had a couple last week too. What about um, the other kid that had the two crossers? Um, Johnson. Well, but Johnson. but, but t- Tennessee's but a bad. Again, everything gets set up, up. Everything is set up off of Derrick Henry for them. Everything. Yeah. 
I get it, but he's the explosive James player. Robinson was running he's the a, ball pretty well yesterday too. A better way to do this, Pete, and we can go. And I and I, I I'm hesitant to bring this up, but if you went across skill or any position, how many top five players do we have at their position? Oh. I don't like this game. Let's come back in a no, moment. No, I'm just though. saying, we'll, but, my, but the, the, like you have to have those different makers. The, the Titans' offense goes around Derrick Henry. He's yes. a, like a difference maker. Yes. JP doesn't ever want to play that game because he knows where it's going. <laughs> and I don't want to play it either because I'm not killing this team. I think this team, look, I respect these guys as players. They work their tails off. They're physical. They play hard. They fought their way back into a game after a terrible start. So this, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to over-criticize, but – you're on five. You're twenty straight losses. No, but the reality is, is they're not fast. They don't have playmakers. They're 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 not a dynamic offense. And yep. and and so what's you're not criticizing the players. You're criticizing who they are as a team. I mean, Marvin Jones never was fast, and he's not fast now. And that's who they signed in free agency. All right, let's come back. Um, you know what'll help all this discussion? Kicker talk. Oh gosh. We've got that coming up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Yeah, it's an open competition, and we're also searching. So um, I slipped on the extra point and the 55-yarder, 54-yarder hit the crossbar. And I mean, that's APB. Um, So there'll be some competition this week, but we've got to make a decision here. All police bulletin. Is all, what point. APB all, point. all points bulletin, right? <laughs> all police. No, it's all points. What is it? All points bulletin. All, whatever it is. This is what we need right now in the kicking job. Golly. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Are you kidding me? Um, JP Shadrick. That's Tony Vaselli. Pete Briscoe with us. The Jaguars had six kickers last year. They're on their second this year. And uh, it sounds like they at some point could be on their third if they're looking, Pete. I mean, that's that's crazy. Well, it's not just a problem in Jacksonville. It was a problem all over the league yesterday. There were, what, 14 or 15 missed extra points yesterday. Field goals. Five in one four-minute stretch in the Bengals-Packers game. I mean, it was just awful. Teams getting forced to go for two because their kickers missed extra points. It's just all you do, and I sent this tweet out today, all you do as a kicker is stand there all damn day and kick. That's all you do. How do you not make your damn kicks? Well, it must be harder than I think because they miss a lot. Um, But, Tony, am I wrong? I mean, think about it. You played. You had good kickers when you played. But when a kicker misses a kick, it's like – and back in the day, it used to be so much anger and and venom directed at the kicker. Now it's like he trudges off because we're in such a a calm, friendly world now where nobody says anything to him. Make the damn kick. Make the kick. (laughs) The uh, <laughs> Pete would scare it out of him. Well, I'll also say this: if you watch Matthew Wright, he does not have a big leg. Like you can see it, like in warmups, he does not have a big leg. And when he was warming up, he was barely making them from fifty-three. Oh, now his career long in college was fifty. I mean, that's like barely making yeah, them, right? And he so when we lined too, up for the fifty, when we lined up for the extra point, yes. yeah, when we he slipped on the extra point, forget that. Yeah, when, when we lined up for the fifty-three yarder, I'm like, uh oh. Like this is like this is this is it. maxed out. He better like, get all of it. Everything he's got. He, he got all of it. And um, hit the crossbar. So, so what about the other guy? I don't know. Like I what I I've never seen. I've never seen a team keep keep a kicker that's healthy 
for I like like, more than one week. Like, more than maybe one week. it was like one week. Okay, give him a week off. Yeah, come it's like back. two weeks. Like he's not. He's healthy. There's nothing wrong with him physically. So why are like either make him kick or go find someone else? Right. I yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're either on the team kicking or you're gone. Like I don't understand that. That one's a mystery to me. Does anyone? Did anyone ask Urban like why is he still here if he's not kicking? I don't know. I mean, how much money are we well, paying and, each and week? And why for was he not there last week? Has that I, story I, been told? The word was the report was personal reasons. I got nothing more than that. It was not injury related on the injury report. No, no, no. If it's personal reasons related to family issues or something else involving him, that's fine. If it's a personal issue related to the confidence of being able to make a kick, yeah, out he goes. I'll say this: that I don't uh, know. The Gene Fernet last week tweeted that they asked for an interview from uh, Lambeau and he declined. For what that's worth. So, so I don't know. Just, he, just, he just told them no. Yeah, he said no. That's thanks. what the tweet said from Gene Fernet last week. So um, there's that. So yeah, kickers. I mean, I, first we're you know we're breaking we're setting records left and right. Uh, first team in the Super Bowl era that through five weeks has not made a field goal. Zero for four now. There's Pop Warner teams it's- that have more field goals through five weeks than we do. It's it's pretty amazing. Right. <laughs> now we're I mean, not and, that f- and traditionally the organizations had pretty decent kickers. Yeah, but we're not that far. Like the Saints aren't much be- behind us, Pete. They have one make, and they're one for four in five weeks. But their kickers hurt, and they have they brought in a couple different guys. One of them being Rosas. Rosas. At and one that, point, he I was think, in Jacksonville. I think he's out there again. By the way, um, who do you? I mean. Here's the problem I have with kickers. Their their legs are bigger, stronger than they've ever been. They got more power than they've ever had. We've seen it by all these long field goals. So something is amiss, <laughs> right? What is it? What is it? Is it mental toughness? Is it because these guys have cannons for legs? I, we've seen this. Other than a guy like Justin Tucker who stays hot all the time, some guy like Josh Lambeau was on the scrappy, but he got hot, 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 hot. Yeah. A year, a couple, and then it went bad. They go bad quickly. Why? I don't know. We'll maybe. Pete, you, you should do a story. Why don't you do some investigative reporting? Dig into it. An APB of sorts. We're back in a moment. The second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour right around the corner. We'll get to your social questions and much more. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. No, I feel comfortable. Um, I mean, yeah, I, obviously I haven't really ran it before in, in a game, but no, I feel comfortable. It's something we've worked. So, you know, I, but we trust our guys up front. We trust our backs in that situation. Uh, obviously, we'd love to get in there, but if we make the play, you know, like it's like no one says anything, but it's a TFL, um, and that doesn't look great, obviously. So we all can get better, but no, QB sneak is always something that we can get to, and I feel comfortable with. That's Trevor Lawrence after the game. Welcome back. It's the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Rosselli, Pete Briscoe along. The Jaguars fell to the Tennessee Titans yesterday, 37-19. 0-5 start to the season. 20 consecutive losses, the third most in the history of the National Football League, the second most since the merger. Uh, nearing history, and hopefully we don't get there. The Jaguars outgained the Titans yesterday. 
They nearly rushed for 200 yards, 198 rushing yards in a loss yesterday for the Jags. Uh, not great on third downs, had some goal-to-go situations that did not go well, and that was what Trevor Lawrence was referencing there, that fourth and uh, really three inches to go and to get to the goal line, and they uh, couldn't get it in. They handed it off. It was a great penetration from the inside of the Tennessee front and got in the backfield, and Carlos Hyde was hit three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and that ended the comeback bid essentially for the Jaguars in yesterday's game. Some communication changes on defense and as we've noted in the first hour, some communication issues on defense in the coverage especially. Some big plays for Tennessee in the passing game yesterday. Five plays of over 20 yards, all passes for Tennessee in the game. And that includes a game where um, Derrick Henry racked up late yardage when they were trying to churn that clock, and he got in the end zone three times. So here we are, 0-5, taking this thing to London this week to face the Miami Dolphins at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. That's the state of affairs, Tony. Well, yeah, it's not it's not great anytime you're on 5 and not great losing 20 straight, but the, you know the only way you fix it is winning a football game. It's the only way you can like get this taste out of your mouth. It's the only way the narrative's going to change at all. I mean, we can keep on talking about yards and this and quarterback sneak and who's on the field getting and this and getting better and getting bad breaks. And wham, I mean, enough. <laughs> Did you just say wham? I mean, it's enough. Yeah, go, you got to go win football. Fuck, is that a big topic of discussion up there this today, Tony? Oh, about the, the, the oh not goals? getting breaks? No. Oh, I was on I was on this morning with Jeff Prosser, my more, breakfast with Sally, and he was like – I like. He was like, oh, we're not getting breaks and this, and the officials are – I'm like, I wanted to say, what do you think, like, they're sitting in New York and say, hey, let's go after the Jags. Like, let's really stick it to them. Because it's not just the officials on the field. Like, when they review it, it goes to New York. Yes, it does. And by the way, every call, I I agreed with the officials on the, the ones that were reviewed. The fumble, Trevor being short. Did I think the uh, the PI was ticky tack? Absolutely, but I also saw some of the penalties they called the Titans were ticky tack. I mean, you, I, I, like I, the hit on the sideline was it, the hit on Lawrence, wasn't it? That wasn't that was, a pen- was bounds, that wasn't a penalty. Yeah, no. And so we'll take the yardage. Um, sure. You know, you know, Red Barber said this, a great sportscaster back in the old days. Yeah. You know, um, vision is a lot of times more emotional than it is physical because you see what you want to see and you don't see what you don't want to see. And that's why fans are in the stands are always at odds with referees and umpires. Well, and today, like more than ever, in the NFL, it goes to New York. So unless you are trying to sell to me that there's a conspiracy against the Jaguars at the risk of the NFL losing all of its integrity, like I don't buy it. It sounds like a poor loser to me. It feels like you're making excuses. Like, go win. Yes. And I'm not saying anyone go in the win. organization yeah. is doing that, by the way. I'm just saying kind of what's on Twitter. I'm not saying Urban or – I've never no, heard Trevor even mention that. the team isn't doing that. No, he's not doing it at but all. The, but but it's always – the fans, it always evens out. I, I'm a big believer in that. I, I'm not one ever to sit here and the refs stink. This, they, you know, they're calling them one way. They all even out. Um, by the way, I was – one thing about Jacksonville, Jacksonville doesn't get the national attention ever in its history that it deserves. But that isn't necessarily a bad thing right now. This 20-game losing streak has kind of like quietly been a little bit of a story instead of what 
Oh, I, th- I think it's getting legs. It was on the front page of ESPN today. It's, I mean, it's, it, this is a major thing in a negative way. It's not getting, but if that, could you imagine if that happened to another team like the Bears or somebody like that? It would be all over the place. Well, it's only going to build as they reach, if they don't win and they get closer to the 26, it's just going to build. Well, this is a good opportunity this week. They got a big break because Russell Wilson is not playing when they do get back on the field. That's true. I mean, and they're not beating the Bills. They might as well forget that one. Donate that week to, to, to working on other things. Uh, the, the Colts, they're not that good either. So what do they need? They need six more to tie it, right? The Falcons game yeah. will tie it. The, the Falcons game, unfortunately, would tie it if they were to lose all of them, yes. I think they win this week, Pete. They have a real shot. That Dolphins team is not very good. What's going on down there? I mean, well, the offensive line's awful. Brissett got awful. hurt this it's, week, right? They were the defense was terrible on Sunday. Mm. Terrible. Mm. But that's is Tom it, Brady. Is the shine and they have guys is, who can is run? The, is the shine coming off the uh, the coaching staff in Miami? Yes. And, and here's the other thing: they they have this co-coordinator, offensive coordinator system, and then one week. It wasn't even either one of the co-coordinators supposedly was calling the plays. It was Charlie Fry, the quarterback's coach. What are you doing? That sounds like something that should be in Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? That's not nice, That's Pete. really mean. Um, no, but it's just weird what's happened down there. They can win that game this week. What are the Dolphins good at? I've not watched any film on them yet. Not seen one game, not one play. But when they're healthy, the wide receivers can run, but they're always hurt. Parker didn't play yesterday. Fuller's hurt again. Um, Gaskin had a great game yesterday. Great game. Um, defensively, pass rush isn't great. The corners are good, but they had a rough go of it against the Bucs on Sunday. And that's probably has a lot to do with the pass rush not being so good. Sounds like a not a great team. Sounds like a victory to me. Are you going to lock it? Whew. What's the line on that? What's the early line on that? I'd be curious. I don't know. The Dolphins are favored, I heard. A road so, favorite. <laughs> so that means the Jaguars will be dogs in every game the rest through the streak then. So um, we got to pull an upset somewhere. Yeah, I mean. Well, yeah, no kidding. They've lost 20 in a row. I mean, all of a sudden they're going to be favored in every game? No. I didn't say every game. I said a game, JP. All right, let's see. A here. game would be nice. I mean, what are we doing? What are we Losing. doing? What do you what do you think? What do you think, Pete? They win this week or not? Do they win this the week microphone, or not? Sorry, thank you. Um, I don't know. That's I got to do my picks tomorrow. That's going to be a tough one for me. We got to see two of my play this week. And Brissett, by the way, if he is playing, he hurt his hamstring on the yeah. on Sunday. Who's he was third, limping around there. The who's the half. third quarterback? Uh, <laughs> not very good. Who is it? It's uh, what's his name? Reed Stinnett or whatever his name is. Oh, okay. Yeah, him. Oh, oh, that guy. So the um, oh, this is old. Yeah, we'll we'll move along here. I mean, the Jaguars are going to London. Curious. It's the eighth game for the Jaguars in London coming up this week. First time they'll play at the new place, Tottenham Hotspur Tottenham. Stadium. The Jags, of course, have played all their games in London previously at Wembley. Uh, this is a uh, to fulfill the league's engagement there. They obviously went in with Tottenham Hotspur Football Club to build that 
a great new stadium on the north end of London, and uh, Jags are going over as part of the two-game series this year. Last week, the Jets and the Falcons played at at uh, Spurs. So that's a cool looking stadium, by the way. It's unbelievable looking. They have the retractable field, which so it's a true artificial turf field with the rubber pellets and all that, and seating looks great and and everything. So um, unfortunately, we're not going to get to go this year to go see it in person, but. Um, yeah, it's the, know, uh, uh, that's a bummer. It's but disappointing. But hey, um, no, you're not going this year. Nobody's no, going. No, nope. we're doing. We're calling the game from here. You know what? Probably help you health wise because that beats you up, doesn't it, Tony? It sent you back a whole week almost. Well, it's just a lot. I mean, I wanted to go, but you know, there's, and I guess rightfully so. There's real strict COVID restrictions to go and to come back, and if you. Get a positive test while you're there, or a false. Gotta positive. stay. Stuck. You gotta stay for ten days, Stuck. and I, you know, yeah, that's staying in London. As much as I'd like to go, it's a great trip, and the Jaguars do it first class. And a lot of my friends are going. I just, you know, you'd be here, staying in London. You'd be staying in London in a hotel if you test positive. You're not getting days. a lot out of that. You would hotel. not be in London. You would be in a hotel for ten days. So, so. that's the risk. Uh, let's come back. We've got plenty ahead. We'll uh, get into keeping it real. Let's keep it real, Pete. When we keep it real. Back. Let's keep it real. Where's our, where's our product, by the way? We're still out to them. I think we got to win a game first, Pete. Social questions coming up in a little bit. We'll go around the National Football League as well. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Hi. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick. Tony Vaselli, Pete Briscoe, the day after a Jaguars loss to the Tennessee Titans, 37-19. Time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. We're going to keep it real in the wide receiver group. How do you get your top two receivers more involved, LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones Jr.? Pete, go first. Get Get them open. I mean, mean, that's a pretty obvious answer. I I, I just think the bubble screens and the quick throws to Chenault, I think he's pretty good at those. So maybe do a couple more of those. But uh, I don't know. It's it's tough to get guys open when you don't scheme them open if they can't run by people. And they don't run by anybody. Sorry for the yawn there, people. Uh (laughs) About sums it up. Pete Long was, day today, Tony. Long Pete, day for you. Pete's answer was boring me. Um, <laughs> What's your answer? Let well, they got what, targeted what got? thirteen. They got targeted thirteen times, I think. Who? Chenault and or eight times. Eight total times. Five eight for times. Jones, three for Chenault. So first thing you do is convert the ones that you're throwing to them, um, because you have a low conversion, you know, target to catch ratio. Two out of eight. Um, not very good. Um. The other thing I think, I mean, Pete, maybe bunch them up, maybe do, you know, move them, get them on the move, uh, pre-snap. Um, kind of like what I've been saying all year, and you've been shooting it down. Maybe running some pick routes, Ooh. crossers. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, back shoulder I throws. Mean, isn't that what I've been saying all year, JP? I I think I've heard this a time or two. You know, what we yes. haven't, we don't do very much here, and maybe it's because we have a rookie quarterback, and they're just working on the timing. And maybe, I, or maybe I'm forgetting. How about like when? We, when's the last time we had a back shoulder throw? Right, I know. 
that might be a rookie quarterback in timing, Tony. I think you might be spot on to that. You yeah, it might be. And I'm not being critical of Daryl Bevel. Right? I'm just I'm thinking, trying to get creative of how do you get – I mean, because two catches for your starting wide receivers is not – now, the argument can be, well, you know, between Tavon Austin and uh, Agnew, you had another nine catches or whatever. It was 11 and in 13 targets. Yeah, 11 out of 13, so maybe, you know – it's not like that's a great Tennessee defense or secondary either. No, my point is, Pete, you can shift it and say, well, yeah, okay, our number one and number two receivers didn't have very good days, but our number three and number four guys did. Because they yeah, I mean, you could, if you want to look at it that way, but you got to get your number one and number two involved more. I don't, I don't, look, you win with your number one and number two, period. The problem I mean, is they're not number one and number twos. They're, they're twos and threes. That's the problem. Jamal Agnew, as we mentioned earlier, had six catches. His long was eight yards. Yeah, because it's Nothing all bubble screens. Field. It's That's all right. little short things. Mm-hmm. And for Austin, his average was just under 11 yards per catch. And that's after the one big one that he broke 22. a tackle. Yeah. yeah. So it's all short stuff. So what was the yards per – what did they average as a team on the, re- on the receptions? Yards per catch, just under 12. Yards per catch. How about yards per attempt? Uh, let me do some math here real quick. So they had 30, uh, uh, well, how many 33 attempts? attempts, 273 okay. yards. So it was, it was like uh, just over eight. Not good enough. Not but, ter- it's not terrible. But it's, it's, not going terrible. To, it's going to feel like that if, if it continues like it is, right? I mean, if they can't get the ball down the field, they're doing all the bubble screen shorter things if they're forced to do yeah, that. Yeah, but you got to remember one of those was on the – what was it? The, the 50, what was that? Chenault's Chenault. Was yeah, Chenault was a long one. It was yeah. about a 15-yard pass and a long run. 58 total yards on the I play. think. 15, 20-yard pass? Yeah. It wasn't even that long, I don't think. 58 was the total play, and – I'd say about 50 of it was after the catch. Ah, that's a stretch. All right, 45 of it. Ah, that's a stretch. I would say. Hey, into the microphone. Sorry, this no. is radio. I forgot. I forgot we're not just hanging out at the couch right now. Um, yeah, 35. Yeah, it's just. The, 40. Again, this is the situation 42. you have when you have a two and a three and a four instead of a one and a two. That's just the reality of it. They don't have a one. And they don't even have anything close to a one. There's Who's not the a receiver t- on that team that's close to a one. Yeah. Um. I I I have no comeback. I can't even argue it. It's what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's what it is. I mean, it's just. Well. That that, yeah. that Dan Arnold's actually good. Going to be a decent pickup for him. Remember, they were looking at him in free agency. And... Well, they probably should have signed him in free agency instead of um, giving away a first round pick after ten games and not top ten pick after ten games, but. Nine That's games. a whole other story. He's still going to be a good receiving tight end. Well, you could argue that you only give a fifth rounder for him. But you only got a third rounder for the first for the first, uh, yeah. first rounder. If you want to look at it that, that way. I do. I want to look at it that way. That's the way I want to look at it. See, I think the picks were swapped and you got <laughs> tight end for the first round quarter. Now, Fairest to him, the first round corner hadn't lived up close to the hype, but did he my play? Did, is, did he play this weekend? No, my problem is ten games, Tony. Ten games. No, I agree with you. Let's, did he play for Carolina this weekend? I didn't see him, so I don't think so. But I'll I'll tell you because I was watching. I haven't watched the tape yet, but I was in TV game. But he, he, he 
you can't give up on you can't give up on those guys. You just can't. Too early. That that's my problem. But other than that, I don't have any. I think Dan Arnold's a good receiving tight end, and clearly they needed that. Yeah, they're gonna need it all year. Henderson, uh, no. Dan, Dan Arnold might end up. Oh, wait, up he here. did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He had 14, 14, snap, 14 yeah, he played, snaps. He played two weeks ago as well. I mean, he's been playing yeah, for but, Carolina. But very little that week. He was uh, new. Well, actually, that he played more. He's uh, They traded to get Gilmore. <laughs> That's right. We've got a whole new secondary. And and Jackson's a good player. They they're But, you know, your Sam Darnold came back to reality a little bit on Sunday. He didn't play well. No. We'll go around the league here in just a little bit. Okay, sorry. Uh, We're jumping That, though, was Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. The mailbox is full today on social is media. It? Oh, we've got a lot, Pete. We've got a lot to get I, to. I've, I've seen some of them. and uh, Some of them will not know, make air. but No. You know. No, again. For the, by the way, it's amazing how full the mailbox is when the team loses. Am I wrong? No, like, you're right. When, when they win, you get, don't hear anything. When they lose, it's like... Well, no, you only, when they win and they're winning a bunch, you hear a lot. Right. But if you only win a couple times a year... Yeah, you know, you know how many times we've won in the last year, calendar year? Zero, Tony. So we haven't had any of those. How many to days really has it been it since the last win? Do we have the exact It was count? week two of last season. So we're in week five, so that's 365 plus uh, three more weeks, 21, right? Yeah, but that's, I mean, it's round number, yeah. There was a tweet going around today that had Gardner Minshew's record <laughs> versus – Trevor, Trevor Lawrence's. Did you say it? No, I, I mean, not. Uh, give me a break. Give me yeah. a break. Come on. Uh, all right. Well, so we're gonna come back and get to the mailbag. Can't wait. I know it's your favorite, Tony. Excited. Oh, oh I, I love the mailbag. Uh, t- Pete loves it. Uh, and then a little later, we'll go around the NFL with some of the top radio calls from around the league. As always, uh, thank you for listening. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. It's an interesting uh, way we do it. Uh, Zach is a tremendous uh, guy that's uh, upstairs, and the official was right with me. And uh, I said, I'm going to challenge this. He said, Coach, I already looked at it. And then uh, I kept staring at the, the video, and then uh, the guy's upstairs says, Coach, that is a fumble. It's an open, they kept saying open hand, it's an open hand. That is a fumble. Critical point of the game. And I'm looking at it, and I'm, the official was actually great. I said, I'm going to challenge this thing. He said, Coach, you can challenge this. Um, and upstairs, they were adamant that was a fumble. And I, I held on to it. I said, how much more time do I have on this thing until I can't throw it? Uh, but um, the officials were great on the sideline. The communication was great. I said, okay, and then boom. I really believed it was, you know, and so did the guys upstairs. That's Urban Meyer today explaining the challenge on the Chazon hit and the incomplete pass as it was ruled later. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli has a fresh cup of coffee. He was much more calm there than he was Is on that the hazelnut? It smells awful. French, French vanilla. French vanilla. Um, Pete Prisco's with us as well. He was much more calm there explaining it than he was on the sidelines during the 
Did they show that on TV? Him uh, being animated during the challenge flag throw? Yeah, oh, yeah. It was all over the TV. Yeah. They, had, they had an ISO on him on that play, yeah. Um, he was like holding the flag, waiting to hear officials right there with him. <laughs> there was a, like, lot, was a lot, a lot of, a lot of moving There was a parts. lot of moving parts. Oh, man. But the part that got me on that bike, what did, though, was what that. What did you think of the call? I thought I would have challenged it. I thought it was close. Yeah. Yeah, I would have challenged it, too. Yeah. It depended on the angle. One angle I looked at him like, I think his, I think he lost it. And then you see another angle. It's like, ooh, maybe yeah, it started yeah. moving forward a little yeah. bit as he controlled right. it still. So right. it was uh, it was probably one of those calls if it was called on the field. Yeah. Or fumble, maybe they, I don't know, it was close. But uh, Steratore on TV said, yeah, I mean, it was the right call to call it incomplete pass because – he yeah, still but had a grip also, on it. But he mm. also said, and I disagreed with him on this, he didn't think the opening drive was a fumble on Dan Arnold. I thought it was clearly a fumble. The turn is the football How, move, how I understand right? the catch today, now it's changed 50 times since mm -hmm. I've been alive. But they simplified it a year or two ago. And But two years ago they said, if you catch it and make a football move, it's a fumble. And if you look at him, I don't know how you can catch the ball with your back facing one way and you – turn 180 degrees, and then fumble it and not constitute a football move. I thought that was a fumble. Serator said yeah, no on the TV. Yeah, well. He's been uh, wrong before. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said to somebody. We've all missed some before. By the way, I was uh, pretty darn close to how long it's been. I said 365 plus three weeks is so 21. 386. So it's 393 days. Not 386. Because yeah. I didn't count Monday. Today. Well, that would only explain one day, not the five-day difference. No, no, no. What would you I say said, it was? 396 days? I said, th I said 365 plus three weeks. You said 365 right? plus 21, which is 386. It's 393. Yeah. You were off by seven days. You're not close. Yeah. You're I'm not off. close. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whatever. I mean, like, that, you can't do math. On that note, yeah. That's yeah. A, a that's shocker. not close, JP. All three math classes at Alabama I took are <sighs> paying off. Now, let's go into the social media mailbag. We put out the bat signal earlier today. Here's the best we came up with. At Britt Jag, with it looking like a potentially high draft pick, would you take a player or potentially trade back and gain multiple oh, stop, good picks? Not, what are we doing? I'm not doing draft talk. six. I'll do it. No I'll draft talk. I'll do it. Go ahead. I'm out. If I would take I take the kid from Oregon and race the card to the podium. The, what is unless somebody wanted to give me three first round picks, then I, and and one of them was in the top five or six or seven, then I would take that. Pete, is he, is the, he a defensive end? Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, Pete, the Pac-12 is down this year. Nobody's watched Oregon. He, I don't think. Who is this guy? He's really good. Hey, how did Alabama do on Sunday? Saturday. Oh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Hey, Alabama and Arizona State have the same number of losses. Just saying. Wow. Yeah, and you lost to a two-loss A and M team. We'll who see got you in beat the playoff by, then, Pete? Who right? got beat no. by Arkansas and Mississippi That's State? Great. So tell us more about this guy. No, I don't want to hear it. It's, it's week six. The draft He's doesn't a big, matter. Physical, right now. powerful edge rusher. He reminds me a little bit of. Um, I don't know how tall he is, but he has that. Peppers like play to him. So, Joey's How, um, is there any, I knew I would regret that question. Is there any top quarterbacks coming out this year? Who cares? No. Because if there's a top quarterback that everyone wants, you can parlay right. it to a bunch of picks. That's there is right. not. There is not. Our next question, we'll save the draft talk for later. Uh, no, the draft talk is good. People want to get hope. Oh, gosh. 904 Jaguar. Uh, can Tony Baselli kick a field goal? We need you, Big Bo. 
I think my range is just just inside 27 yards. That's not you, even an extra you've point. You've done it before. <laughs> yeah, I need I I would need one of those uh, Rick Dempsey shoes, the flat toe, because I'm a straight on kicker. Tom Dempsey. Tom, Tom. Dempsey, Rick's brother. Rick Dempsey, Rick Dempsey played for the Orioles. He's a Dodgers Sorry. back in the day. Yeah, like you didn't say Mike Dempsey, our pregame. R- Rick and Mike's brother, Tom. <laughs> hey, have you ever tried to kick a field goal, Tony? Yeah, with this, yeah. It's you're, hard. You're, you're a straight on old style. Yeah, I can't. I can't soccer style do it. <laughs> I've tried. It just goes nowhere. Plus, it hurts. <sighs> Our next question. Moving along. <laughs> At J Kill Jags Swag nine oh four. The, there's two questions here. Are the Jags the least talented team in the league? That's one. Two. Does the fact that half the staff is essentially learning on the job, the ins and outs of the pro game, is it a factor on why we can't overcome the talent gap? Pete. <laughs> God, these are tough uh, are they the least talented team in the league? Mm, close. The Texans are right there with them. Um, and the Lions are right there with them. And, and oh, by the way, well, I'm not gonna, I think the Jets have some good young talent on their team. It's just their quarterback's not playing very well. Um, the Jets have this really good linebacker, yeah, I've noticed. Outside wearing, linebacker. Yeah, yeah, old was, number. Did you watch him yesterday? He was all over the place. Quincy Williams, back-to-back weeks. He's like took over the game. I don't know where he's from, but, man – they did a, they, he's a good player. Have you he ever heard of him, Pete, before? Him and he could have covered somebody in coverage. JP, have you ever heard of Quincy Williams before? No. Me neither. So, what about uh, the second part, the sta- Staff is learning on the job. That makes it tough. Yes, it does make it tough. It's a, it, you got to become an NFL coach. There's a big difference. Um, I do not think we're the least talented team. Who is? I have no idea, but we have Trevor Lawrence. And if you have Trevor Lawrence, you can't be the least talented team. Well, you, you're the least talented team in terms of hope. Not if you I mean, have Trevor Lawrence. Hope, but not I mean, he's better than he's better than Jared Goff right now, right? He's, so the Lions, he's better than Zach Wilson right now. My point is, right? I'm not saying it overcomes everything, but the quarterback has a higher weight than being talented, let's say, at receiver. Right, and by the way, the Lions aren't very talented at receiver either. <laughs> the the, the, the line, but the line, I'll say this: the yeah. Lions are. They have a good offensive line. They have two They're good backs. They, they play have, tough. They have two good backs. And they've lost the last two weeks on epic field goals. Yeah, like the uh, all-timer two, last week and a 54-yarder this week with well, no time left. Those, two of the last three weeks. Right. Yeah, two of the last right. three weeks. Come on. But they're in games. They're in games right to the end. Question number four. Moving along, this is at the other guy two nine nine. Chazon had the best game of his career, but is it more of a product of the Titans' poor offensive line? Um, I would say it's a part. I mean, I think that's part of it. I mean, Quisenberry, the right tackle, is struggling in a mighty way. Oh, you're being nice. You're being nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, the right guard is not a great pass blocker. Saffold is at the end of his career. Ben Jones is a, he's a decent center. And Taylor Lewan's coming off an ACL, and he's trying to recover, and he's nowhere near the player he was pre-ACL. It's a bad line. And so, it, yes, it's probably a product of that line, but he, he just looked more active. It Maybe that might be something that needs to get – he can use it to get going because he looked like he was faster. He played, he played faster well. than he – so who knows? He's Look, he's got a long way to go to get to that draft status. Let's put it that way. It's the second time you dropped that today, Pete. Well, I mean, it's a fact. Well, he, he's, a, he, 
He's you draft, draft him. Do- you draft him. He's supposed to be a dominant pass rusher. He's in draft talk mode right now, JP. Oh, he's he's locked in. He's ready locked for in April. for the draft. When are we going to see your first mock beat? No, I don't do them until after the season. But we got guys that do them year round. Our draft guy does them year round. Who's he have? Who, By the way, if the draft were held today, the Jaguars would pick first. Yeah, no kidding. Again, thanks, 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 Pete. Thanks a lot, Pete. That's real nice. Has that ever happened in back-to-back years? The same teams picked first overall. I don't. God, I have to look. I don't think it has. Add it to the list of things if it continues like this. Uh, let's get our next question in social media. Uh, this is from at Dylan Kiernan. Can the Jags just run the ball every play? And how do you give J-Rob one carry with first and goal from the five? Run your stud until they stop you. No need to switch it up for the hell of it. Yeah, I mean, he only had six carries in the second half. He had 100. He had over 100 yards in the first half, and I don't know how you come out and give him six carries in the second half. I mean, I would give him 20 carries a half at this point. I'm being facetious there. But he should – I've said it all along. He's the be- most productive, best player on this team. Um, Trevor Lawrence is the most talented and will be the best player, and mm-hmm. he's the franchise. He's the most – so this is how I look at it. Trevor Lawrence is the most important player and the most important asset this franchise has. James Robinson is currently your most productive player. By the way, having the offense run through your most productive player, James Robinson, will help – your most important p- player and most important asset get better and grow. For, particularly with the way his weapons are on the Run outside. the ball. James Robinson, 25, 25 carries a game. Especially the I offensive agree. line's a good block. They, they do a good job run blocking. I agree. Get, give the give ball. Warhop credit. Help open up. That's how you're going to get your receivers going. That's right. Run the football. Even with the, the backup linemen that are going to go in. Yes. Barch is in there, and now you're going to have Shatley probably. Barch has done good. Shatley's played a lot of football. He has. He's fine. Yeah. So, run the ball. Give it to J-Rob. 25 carries a game. 25, says Coach Baselli. Let him go. The guy's a good football player. Very one, good. One more question today. Let's get to it. This is from at Stu Witters. Uh, are any of you going to make the trip to London next week? No. If so, hit me up for some places to have entirely responsible and in no way potentially scandalous beer drinking over the weekend. Ooh, I might come now. I'm, I'm out. We're out this year. Yeah, uh, radio's sorry. not going. We talked about it, and um, they didn't. They're not taking you know. the coolest people on the in the organization, the radio team. I mean, it's what it is. Hey Tony, you made you made a good point there before that James Robinson is the best offensive player right now. Where would you rank him as in terms of the best running backs in Jaguars history right now? And it, I know it's a small body of work, but you could tell by the talent where he would rank. So number one is Fred, right? Number two is Maurice. Um, Maurice. <laughs> I was going to say I I know who would listen to this and get back no Maurice is the second best by far. Maurice. I mean the t- <laughs> one and two are so far above everybody else; it's not even close. Right. And then after that, I mean James Stewart was a heck of a back. Um, is, is he better than Is he better than um, than uh, James Robinson? I think James Robinson is a better. Um, has maybe better vision. But remember, when we switched to that zone scheme, the two games that James – because in James Stewart beat out Fred Taylor, Fred's rookie year. James Stewart had back-to-back 100-yard-plus games in the first two games and then blew his knee out game three. And then Fred came in and did what Fred did. But he went on – 
He, but right. James Stewart also went on to Detroit, had a, a couple thousand yard years. What about what about uh, vintage Natron Means? He was here too short. I mean, mm. the playoff run yeah. he had, the playoff run he had was mm. all time. And then mm. after those, after after Fred and Maurice, like James Stewart was, a, I think James Stewart was a better back than he got credit for. One, he got hurt right. when he was ro- starting to roll. How many years was Stewart here? He was here four. Four years. So, um, so if, if you ranked him, it would probably be Fred, Maurice, then a big separation, Stewart, then who? J-Rob. Robinson. Robinson has to be there. Hmm. And, he, and he might pass J, He might pass James Stewart. I mean, J-Rob had 1,000 last year. If he gets another 1,000-yard year this year, which I would be shocked if he doesn't, probably put him ahead. Where does Tampa Bay Lenny rank? Oh. <laughs> he's not as good as James Robinson. No, he's not. Uh, Joe Fortunato chiming in now, our manager of radio. Yes, Joe. Hey, your guy's question about uh, who has drafted first two years in a row. Since 1999, Cleveland has done it twice. Two, two years in a back row? Back to back, number one. That's right. They did it with uh, Baker and Miles Garrett. Baker and Miles that? Garrett. And in 99 and 2000, Tim Couch, Couch and Courtney Brown. Yeah. That didn't work out that well. Yeah. How about no. that? And, and by the way, Baker hasn't worked out as well as if they had taken Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, Josh Allen's pretty good. Yeah, uh, Miles Garrett was a pretty good pick, though. Great pick. Courtney Brown was not a good pick. And Tim Couch was not a good pick. Courtney Brown was okay. He was a good player. Not he was great. okay. He was okay. Not the first overall pick. Tampa did it twice, 76-77. Oh, uh, speaking of, that is the uh, only other team. Leroy, what was that? Leroy Selman and um, – Go ahead. God, let me think. Leroy Selman and it was – was it – A halfback. Halfback. Give me the position. Halfback. Half, half was back. it Bo Jackson? Ricky Bell. No. No. Ricky, Ricky Bell, Bell from USC. Right, from USC. Yeah. The late Ricky Bell. Late Ricky Bell. Those yep. uh, those teams, by the way. They picked him over Dorsett. <laughs> those teams lost 26 straight games to begin their franchise, 76 and 77 Buccaneers. Uh, it's next up if the Jaguars continue to lose, unfortunately. You know, speaking back to the Cleveland, and you, it was interesting. They went back-to-back quarterback pass rusher. First time did not work out great. But Tim Couch was better. I mean, he took the Browns to the playoffs. Um, and then he was you, disappointed. All right, well, but, you, but you took him to the playoffs. And Courtney Brown, while not as dominant as, uh, as uh, Miles Garrett, he's one of those guys that got off the bus when he's warming up, uh, walked on the field, you're like, oh, my, this is going to be a long day. Because <laughs> he looked apart. Oh, he was a big physical Big kid. physical dude. Like, he was a good player, just not dominant like Miles How many Garrett. sacks do you think he had in his career? Mm. Probably 28, mm. 30. Nineteen. Yeah, he was. He was more of a run player. Never had more than. Never had more. He had six, never had more than six in a career. He was a. Run, a he yeah. was a right. He. You know what he was, Pete. He was a left defensive end back in the day. Great. Right. Great against the run. Physical. But to your point, not a guy you draft first overall because yeah. you think he's a pass rusher. So the Bucks went. The Bucks went defensive end and Selman, who was a Hall of Famer, and then Ricky Bell, which who passed away. Was, oh, yeah, and then they went quarterback, defensive end, quarterback, defensive end. So. He, Quarterback, defensive end. That's what will happen. <laughs> you get the, yeah, get the game you're, you're assuming. Try, come on, we're assuming, not there we're yet. Not gonna be for, we're not going to have <laughs> the worst record. Yet. <laughs> you might as well start peeking ahead. It's fun to peek ahead. It's October 11th. Pete, we're not doing all, it. We will not. Let me give, I'll give you two, I'm going to give two 
You want my locks now, or do you want to wait? Right, let's come wait. Back? Can we come back? We got to get around two the locks. league. We're, we're two locks. Yep. Two of them. Well, we need time for that. Let's One come might back be a double lock. In a moment, it's wow. Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Vaselli will go around the league in just a moment. Your locks, Tony. I got two locks, Pete. Quickly. First go lock. Ahead. It's only a single lock, but it's a lock. The Jaguars will beat the Dolphins this week and get their first win. Wow. Lock it. Wow. Put it in the bank. Wow. It's done. Vaulted. Vault. Second, okay. double lock. This is. I'm so sure of this, I'm doubling up. Wow. You can't get back into this one. It's mm. impossible. We will not have the first overall pick this year in the NFL draft. Double lock. Double lock. Who will? It's just not going to be us. I don't care who it is. It's not going to be us. Okay. All right. Well, if they don't beat Miami this week in your lock, the other one probably will be a lock. So this is a big week for you, Tony. <laughs> yeah. We're going to win. I got a feeling. Yeah. I like those. Uh, the locks are in. Let's go around the National Football League and hear some of the top sound from radio this week. We start in London. The Falcons. Kyle Pitts had a huge day, including this first quarter touchdown called by West Durham on Sports Radio 92.9, the game and the Falcons radio network. Jason Spriggs has come in, announced as the extra tackle. He'll be on the left side. Lee Smith and Kyle Pitts go to the right side. Now Smith back to the left. I formation, Keith Smith and Mike Davis. Play fake by Ryan. Matt going to throw for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. First career scoring catch for Kyle Pitts. Yeah, what a day at the office for Pitts, Pete. And, uh, boy, they, they, um, they really got him going yesterday in London. Well, they've been waiting for that. I mean, you know, hadn't played to that level, and there were concerns about him. But, you know, he, he was one of those young players who was just thinking too much when he's learning the coverages, and now he knows the coverages, and this is what you're going to get for him. That he, They played without Ridley yesterday as well. I mean, that that's a Matt Ryan was outstanding on Sunday, outstanding. Um, and the Jets, Zach Wilson's not ready yet. I mean, that's one thing about the Jaguars. There's a real separation between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson right now. Agree. Yeah. Not close. Let's move along. The Eagles and the Panthers. Jalen Hurts with a six-yard touchdown run to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Merrill Reese, the great, on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Second and goal. In the gun. Hurts. Hurts is back. He gives it. He keeps it. And he runs in. He fakes to Sanders. And he runs in for the touchdown. And the Eagles take their first lead of the game. The Eagles win the football game 21-18 over the Panthers. And, and that's a good win for the Eagles. Uh, it's they a real Tampa good win. Bay. They played Tampa Bay this week. But, uh, you know, to go in there, and they were behind most of that game and came back and rallied to win it, that's a, that's an impressive showing. They weren't great. Jalen Hurts didn't play great football on Sunday, but he, he made the plays when he had to, and that's an impressive win for them. Where is the Tampa game? Philly. Mm. They got a chance. Yeah. We got really? a chance. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I'm not saying he's – maybe he's the long-term answer. But I like I like watching him, Pete. He's competitive. He's a good – I mean, he's a competitive dude. I mean, guys rally. They like being out there with him. And he's athletic. Yeah. I mean, look, that that's that team's interesting because they got, still have some veteran players and they have some speedy wide receivers. 
This is probably Pete's favorite game of the day with all the missed field goals. Packers over the Bengals in overtime, but Crosby lined up for the game winner. Here's Wayne Larravee on the Packers radio network. They're going to set up for a 49-yard field goal attempt for Mason Crosby, who's missed three in a row in this game. Can they get it done here? Mason Crosby for the win. Snap and placement. Here's the kick. It is up. It is good. Mason Crosby got it done. Fourth time a charm. Fourth time a charm for Mason Crosby. And the Packers win it in overtime. 25-22. to Make the kicks, Pete. He made one. Well, he had made 26 in a row going into that little where he missed three in a row, and, and he went in and he banged it through. Good for him. The funny thing was is the McPherson, the rookie from Florida for the Bengals, hit one, and he thought it was good, and he celebrated like it was good because it hit the flag, and it was no good. It was, that, was, that was funny to see. He thought it was a special rule. If you hit the flag, you got four <laughs> points instead of three. Right. It was incredible. Uh, but, you know, that was that's a – Joe Burrow, by the way, needs to learn how to slide. Did you see the shot he took? Yeah, and he had to go to the hospital for with a throat contusion. Oof. And that was on another play, Tony. That wasn't even on that play. Wow. <laughs> he can learn good. to slide. Not good. Patriots over the Texans, 25-22. The Vikings and the Lions. A last-second field goal attempt for the Vikings. Paul Allen had the call on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings radio network. Greg Joseph has one game-winning field goal in his career, 2018 with Cleveland against Baltimore. 54-yard try left hash. Snap, spot, Joseph, excellent leg, get up there, and yes, it is good! And the Minnesota Vikings have defeated the Detroit Lions 19-17. Greg Joseph, you're the man! Paul Allen with the call. What a win for the Vikes. Yeah, and they didn't play very well in that game. They looked like they had it in hand. It was 16-6, and they let him back in it and had a fumble. Madison fumbled late in the game and gave the ball point blank to the Lions who went down and, and, and tied the game up. And Did you see the weird sideline exchange with Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer after the game? Yeah, I, I, it was where, like pushing each other. Like, he was going to punch him Yeah, or what was that? I don't know. Hey, Pete, was it a good was it a good idea to start Dalvin Cook um, as your in fantasy as your running back yesterday? No, considering they announced it before the game that he wasn't playing. Oh, yeah, I, I, a friend of mine, my friend of mine started him in fantasy this week. What? Why did yeah. he? Who, who was that? Oh, just this guy I know sitting about six feet from me right now with glasses. Hey, Pete, what's wrong with you? Did you pay attention before the I, game? Obviously not, Pete. But fortunately, Tom Brady threw five touchdown passes. We'll get to him coming up in just a moment. Uh, Steelers over the Broncos. Najee Harris, the rookie running back with 122 yards. And this one-yard touchdown jump, Bill Hillgrove on 102.5 WDVE and the Steelers Radio Network. On second and goal at the one at 217 and winding. And the give. And Najee up over the top for the Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. He did it off left tackle. Wow. That was good job by the upfront people to secure things. And now we got post-whistle activity and some angry, angry folks on both sides. Both sides angry at that point. Steelers win at 27-19. They needed one there. The Steelers did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Desperation. Desperation. Yeah, they were better. 
I, Tony, they were better. The offensive line played better, which had been a major problem. They were they had that game in hand, and they allowed Denver to get back into it, which was weird. They they had dominated the entire game, and and, and you know how like sometimes it gets away from you, and they let him get back into it. No Juju Smith. Mm. Out for the year. Yep. He, he mm. averages 8.8 per, per catch anyways. It's not like he scares anybody. We move along to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins. Tom Brady threw those five touchdown passes, two of those to Mike Evans, including this 22-yarder in the fourth quarter for good measure, the great Gene Deckerhoff on the Buccaneers radio network. And the slot to the right is Mike Evans. He caught a touchdown pass our last drive. In motion, Tyler Johnson. Here's the stab, and here comes Parker. Brady throws a Seymour caught by Evans. He gets a block. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mickens with a block. Clean the way for Mike Evans to score his second of the day. Fire the cannons. Yeah, they're firing them indeed all day long in Tampa. Tom Brady threw five of those, Pete. Yeah, he was on fire. And then, look, he's got so many weapons. Antonio Brown was outstanding. And you knew after a lackluster performance against the Rams and then a so-so showing in the rain against New England that he was going to come home and light it up, and he did. He, he was – I mean, the guy's playing magnificent. His only two picks, one was a tip ball and one was a Hail Mary. So, he's Pete, been let me ask you a question. NFC, everyone's healthy. Everyone's 100% healthy. Who's the best team in the NFC? Tampa Bay. On a neutral side. Yes, everybody healthy. But right now they're secondary, not healthy. No, I know. Levante Levante David's now hurt and not going to play this week. I mean, they have injuries across the board. But everybody healthy, Tampa Bay is the best team. Yeah. Let's move along now. Saints over Washington, 33-22. The Chargers over the Browns. High-scoring game, 47 Herbert is a stud. Played well. He's a star right now, by the way. Star. Not I'm, I'm, sure my, not, I'm sure Miami's happy they took Tua. <laughs> the Bears. Oh, my gosh. This, this kid, <laughs> he, he just can rip it. Bears over the Raiders, 20-9. to And then the Cardinals with a win over the Niners. Kyler Murray hit DeAndre Hopkins for this touchdown with 5-13 to play to open a 10-point lead. Dave Posh on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. 5-20 to go. Cardinals lead 10-7. Can they put him away? Can they get a touchdown? Snap to Kyler. He throws a fade left side in the end zone and it is caught for a touchdown by D-Hop. D-Hop caught it with Josh Norman draped all over him trying to pull the ball away. Even if it's a simultaneous catch, it goes to the offense. They lift DeAndre Hopkins up in celebration after an incredible grab for a touchdown. Ended up being 17-10 final. Arizona undefeated. Shocking. Yeah, and that's not a – that was not a good look for them yesterday, but it's a good sign. And the reason I say that is – Offensively, they were stagnant. You know, they didn't play very well. Murray didn't play very well. And they found a way to win a game. Now, they were playing a, a rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. And, but but you found a way to win a game ugly. And that's a, usually a sign of a good team. They did. Yeah, I agree. They did. Uh, so speaking of uh, rookie quarterbacks, Pete, quickly. Yeah. Rank the uh, first-round draft picks so far this mm. season of quarterbacks. Mm. Hurry. Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence, clearly number one. Then Mac Jones, then mm, Justin Fields, maybe, then Zach Wilson, then Trey Lance, and then Davis Mills was outstanding on Sunday, by he the way. Yeah. He yeah. was. Three touchdowns in that game. The uh, Cowboys over the Giants, by the way, 44 20, and the Bills over the Chiefs last night. Weather delay at halftime. Yeah, the I, Bills I went to bed. I did as well. like no way I was staying. I didn't. That was, that was a beatdown. They're good, they're the best team in. They're the best team in the AFC right now, for sure. 
Uh, I'll, go to, I'll take the Chargers. Thank you very much. That's our look around the National Football League. Time now for Monday Night Football. It's Old Baltimore and New Baltimore. The Indianapolis Colts are 1-3, and three, and the last hope this week to keep pace with the Tennessee Titans in the south. They'll head to the Inner Harbor to face Lamar Jackson and the 3-1 and one Ravens. Who can keep first place alone in the AFC North with a win tonight? Who you got on the Inner Harbor tonight at the Big Crab Cake? I think it's closer than anyone thinks. I still think Baltimore wins. I think Baltimore wins easily. Back-to-back, the back road games for the Colts. Three straight, that's brutal. Ravens home for the first time in three weeks. I like the Ravens. And by the way, the Colts can't defend the pass. They will give up a bunch of big plays in the passing game. I love the Ravens tonight. Oh, is that a lock, Pete? Lock. Blowout. Wow. He locked it. There it is. It's vaulted. It's in the vault. It's in the vault. <laughs> Pete, have I, think a, I, I think I can pick that lock, though. Pete, have, have a great week. We'll talk to you, man. All right, guys. Take care. Pete Frisco out of here. Tony Baselli out of here as well. See ya. What a week it's been. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, Trent Padilla, our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening and watching on Jaguars.com tonight. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. <laughs>